Welcome to Dollars and Cents with Friedman Financial. During today's episode, your host, Mark Friedman, may discuss specific financial planning and investment ideas that are for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations. Please remember that investing involves risk and may include loss of principal. Always consult a certified financial planner professional, qualified attorney, or tax advisor prior to investing to determine what is appropriate for you. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC. And now, here's the host of Dollars and Cents, Mark Friedman of Friedman Financial. Welcome back to another edition of Dollars and Cents with Friedman Financial. My name is Mark Friedman. I'm president and CEO of Friedman Financial, and I'm joined by my co-host, Marion Gilman. How are you today, Marion? I'm great. How are you, Mark? I'm doing good. You know, every week we try to do these um, weekly podcasts for folks to try to provide some financial advice in a language you can understand. And uh, this morning you came to me with some ideas about a topic for this uh, for, for this show, and I thought, you know what? That's kind of interesting. So, Marion, I'm going to turn it over to you. Why don't you set us up for today's topic? Sounds good, Mark. Yeah. So, you know, we try we pride ourselves on not only paying attention to the financial aspect of your life, but to look at your life holistically. And find, you know, money is a tool, and I think sometimes we forget that, particularly when we're you know, in our working years and we're trying to save because you're supposed to save for retirement and everybody's told you you got to build up money. And we forget that that money is actually a tool. And you want to use that money to provide you with the lifestyle you want. And recently I heard a quote, um, somebody said, live by design, not by default. And I thought that was very telling. And I'm thinking of it and saying, you know, that's what that's the ultimate goal what is it that you what life do you want to create what do you want to do with your life and I think it's very important to keep that in mind and it's important to keep that in mind not only once you reach retirement age but all along the way so that you can look at your money as a tool to help you design the entire life you want there are different times in our life when we have different flexibilities or different options presented to us. And honestly, Mark, your son was one of my inspirations for this uh, thought process as well. Your son, Jerry, who Mm -hmm. is- uh, 23 years old. 23 years old, and what's he doing? And Jerry decided, um, Jerry graduated University of Miami with a degree in business, uh, took a job at Oracle, uh, did very well in his first six or seven months, and realized that the traditional um, employment track of working in sales, maybe perhaps moving up in the company, hoping for promotions, making money, just doing the traditional, following the traditional pathway of what most of us do, if you will, using your term, by default. Right. That's what we do. We follow that pathway. He said, you know what? I'm 23 years old and I don't know what I want. I don't know what I want to do, but I know that I need to do it by myself, I need to explore and figure it out. And so he quit his job at Oracle and decided that he is going to find his own destiny on his own. And you know, he built up some money, correct? He did, he saved money. So he's not asking anybody for money to do this. 
And this is the perfect opportunity in his life. Now, I look back and I say, okay, well, when I was in college, I left college for a year and I did some stuff on my own. I went to France. I studied in France for a while. I spent um, two months working in the Alps. I traveled for four months. And your parents weren't with, with, you, with you, were they? Oh, so that was back in the day when first we, we didn't have email. We didn't have phones that we could call home. I mean, I, we wrote letters. Right. I literally spoke to my parents three times over the course of a year. Or you'd call collect if anything, if you needed well, something, Well, my right? parents wouldn't take the call, probably. <laughs> <laughs> they, weren't, they weren't all that thrilled that I was hanging out in France, not, not home finishing college, you mm -hmm. know? And you took a year off from college as I, well. I did. I took a year off between my freshman and sophomore year to travel the world with up with people. Yeah. I, um, you know, I, I didn't have any money, really. Right. But, you know, we I paid $5,000 that year to travel with this music group all around the world. It was a wonderful experience. But I was following a non-traditional path for a year, and I knew I was just doing it for a year. Yeah. Um, and like you said, there was no cell phone. There was no email. Yeah. There was right. no laptop computers. There was no Wi-Fi or streaming services. Nothing. You, you, would, you were just there you were on, on your, your own. own. So, so talk about my parents. You know, now I think being a parent, I mean, how my parents must have felt not knowing where I was and what I was doing. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, scary because as a parent, sure. you want to protect your children. You want to be there for them. Yeah. And But I did just fine. And I learned yeah. a lot. It was probably one of the best years of my life. Yeah. And me too. You know, you had to be resourceful. You had to figure out things out on your own. Mm -hmm. I was with a friend, so I did have companionship, um, somebody I knew. But, you know, it was not all that easy yeah I was not with a friend I you know I met yeah. friends of course of along course. the way because we were a cast yeah. of 125 people but I didn't know anybody going in but now you look to someone like Jerry who decides to say you know what I'm just going to be a nomad right but you know what he's got nothing to lose and that's you know that's the time you know, when you're when you're very early on in your career to say you know if, if you were ever to take a year off that's a great time to do it because you don't you haven't built up money you haven't really become established in a career you you know you don't have a house you don't have a family you don't have anybody to support and you're also willing to travel very differently than you might be willing to travel when you're 65 and retired right absolutely <laughs> yeah the, yeah the lifestyle i mean you want to you want to sleep out in a park somewhere you want yeah. to sleep in the back of your car or stay in a youth hostel or eat you know whatever the street food might be for the day as opposed to when i'm traveling now yeah. i want to stay in nicer hotels i want to fly in nicer jets or airplanes i want to you know go on nicer tours and and try better what i'll call better quality food sure uh, we used to sleep on the train half the time you know when we were traveling because it was a great option you know you took a long train trip overnight and I didn't have to pay for a hostel or hotel or whatever it might but, be. But no one told you had to rush to do anything either, right? Absolutely. There was nobody telling you to do no. anything. No, absolutely. It was great. It was a great experience, but that was the time to do it. And, and you know, it was a limited time frame as well. So Did you see it as a limited time frame then? You know, I didn't. I honestly didn't know how long I was going to spend in France. But by the end of that year, um, so we left at the very beginning of January, Back then, I will never forget this. Um, we didn't have real suitcases. Right. No, no one had that. You had to carry all that stuff or a backpack. I, whatever. I had a, 
clothing for a year, right. one huge suitcase, pink Samsonite suitcase. Do you mm-hmm. remember those? Yeah, I do. Bandages? Yep. That thing, empty, weighed more than I could ever lift today. Right, an elephant could step on that. Wasn't that the commercial? Nothing would happen to it. We arrived in Paris. We had to take the metro. So we, uh, you know, our French teacher from high school had given us the name of a friend that said we could stay with them when we got there. We had to take the metro, and I'm schlepping that back. Oh, my God. Yeah. Would I ever do that today? Never in a million years. But we we did and, it. And you went for the we fine dining in Paris, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those croissants on the street corner. Were, were, no, the crepes on the street the cre- corner. Yeah. And they were delicious. But, you know, they were... But, that, but, that, but, the, but the point is, is that there are times in your life when you talked, what was that expression you used? Live by design, design not, not by, by default. default. And, and, you know, like someone like Jerry right now is living by his own design. Correct. You know, he has his vision of what it is that he wants to do um, as others look at what he's doing. And I'm, I'm picking on Jerry, but, you know, there's plenty of people out there that are doing the same thing that we as parents might be looking at our children saying, well, that's kind of odd. That's not very traditional. That's kind of strange. Don't they see, you know, don't you want to work so you can save money for, so that you can then find a mate, partner, whatever, ultimately have children, own a house. That's the default path, right? right? That's right. And, you know, and what we've learned over the decades that we've been in this business is the vast majority of people who follow that default path find themselves in their 60s and 70s working so hard to save money, save money, save money, save money, that now that they've saved it and they've lived a lifestyle for 30 or 40 years, they don't quite know how to transition into a lifestyle of relaxation, enjoyment, living by design as to what they want to do. Right. And, you know, and they, and here, I think a lot of times too, you know, when we ask people, because that's one of the, I mean, one of the hardest parts of this is the exercise in what is the lifestyle you want to live after you reach retirement age, say. And you are just so used to following the path that's set out for you. And retirement doesn't mean the same as it did 30 years ago where you took a cruise and that was it. Right. One-time cruise, right? Yep, it was a love boat. And that was it. Um, so now you've got, you might have a 30 more years in front of you. So what do you do? What is that lifestyle you want to live? And what do you do with all this money? You know, what if you don't have heirs? You know, some people will say, oh, I want to leave it to my kids. Or, oh, I'm afraid I might need it when I'm older and um, I need long-term care. care. Nursing home costs. I can't spend the money now. Exactly. So when were you going to spend the money? When were you going to enjoy this? You can't take it with you. Right. Right. And I will tell you, because you and I deal with 25 deaths a year now in this office because we've been here since 1968. We are watching the inheritors those children receive an enormous amount of money, money that's like life-changing money to them because they've been living, spending everything that comes in and all of a sudden there's this big lump of money and they're saying, wait a second, I have these resources now, I can do so much more, yet mom and dad had those resources and they chose not to because they didn't know how to, because they lived in fear. Exactly. And it's different for this next generation. It really is. and. Unfortunately, the parents 
think that the next generation is going to continue their way of thinking and they will leave this money and those kids will be all set for retirement. But guess what? It doesn't happen that way. <laughs> really? Have you we, found we, that? We see this all the time. You know, it's amazing. There, there is a segment of the population that will, of course. for sure. Yeah. But the vast majority, honestly, they're expecting a far different pathway of how they spend their money. Um, look, the, the younger generations today are very, very, very comfortable paying for convenience fees. All the time. Whether it's, it's amazing. DoorDash, whether it's a service fee to buy a ticket through Ticketmaster, whether it's paying a Which fee to take money. Which is outrageous, by the yeah, way. <laughs> whether it's taking money out of the ATM because it's yeah. easier to get it at this local ATM machine rather than going to their bank. And they it think costs $3 at the local ATM and nothing at your and, bank, right? And, and oh, and by the way, this generation, this younger generation, also sees a tremendous value in laying out cash to tip people, don't they? They really do. It's it's somewhat surprising the people they tip. Um, you know, there there are certain traditional occupations, I guess, that I you know I fully support. It's just sometimes you wonder, like they're giving money to people who. Who knows? I mean, I'm well paid sometimes, I think. Uh, so, so I'm watching uh, an example is my son, Jerry, who's, um, who's actually trying to build himself up, build a brand, trying to build up this whole magic business that he's doing. Um, if you can follow him on Instagram, on TikTok, and all these things, it's called Magic Like Jerry, all one word. Jerry is with a J. And almost daily, Jerry's doing these magic tricks and talking to people about how magic is done and trying to help magicians who want to be magicians or just show people the the joy that he's having in doing magic. And he's it, very good. And, he, and he's very good at it because he works at it every single day. I mean, it's become a profession to him in yeah. a sense. Yeah. Is he making much money at it? No, not at all. But he over time, does he have the potential to? Sure, with the way the... Uh, the followers and the Instagrammers and and the influencers of the world work, right? Right. If he becomes an influencer, they they can make substantial amounts of money. But what's fascinating to me is the amount of people that watch one of his live performances, for instance, and they start tipping him. They'll <laughs> Which... send him a dollar, five dollars, fifty dollars, a hundred. I'm like. Why are these random people who do not know who you Send are you say, oh my God, Jerry, that's great. Here's $100 through Apple Pay. Here's $10 through my credit card. And Lucky him, and, huh? Right. It blows my mind that that's how this works. Yep. But it's a different paradigm it from is. what you and I have been used to, right? It's sure. not living the default lifestyle. It's living life by design. And Jerry has chosen to take this, to take his life and design it his way rather than the way other people would do it. Right. But still, I'm using Jerry as an example. There's plenty of people that like this. To the traditional, and I don't even want to call us traditionalists, to those that have only known this lifestyle, the world without internet and streaming videos and right. all that kind of stuff, right. there's that pathway That's that right. is challenging to us in understanding how it works. We're intrigued by it. In fact, I think some of us are jealous, myself included in many cases. Me too. Jealous by it. Absolutely. I don't quite get it because <laughs> I think more practically and I think as we get older, we become more practical. We tend to do that, yes. But, you know, I mean, we, we really encourage people to really, uh, again, think about what they want at various stages in life. You know, Jerry knows or thinks he knows, um, who knows, you know, what he wants right now, what's right for him right now. 
who knows how long that will that last. That could change, for. right? You just don't know. But he's comfortable with that. He's fine with that, and that's the important thing. And so everybody should be comfortable with their life. And, you know, when you think about it and you say, well, gee, I'd love to spend more time with my kids, but I've got I've to keep working and save for retirement because I'm going to need that money. Well, you know what? And I'll spend time with my kids later on. Well, maybe later on the kids aren't going to want to spend time right. with you. So you need to find that middle ground. And I'm not saying you shouldn't save for retirement because that's, that is very important. And I recently read a statistic, 49% of all adults in the U.S. have zero saved for retirement. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That is, it's, it's, it's wild. Zero. But zero. So what we talk to people about in our office when we're doing financial planning is trying to live with one foot in the present and one foot in the future. Exactly. And finding those moments, those experiences, those celebratory opportunities for you, for your families, for your loved ones, or, or, or for others. And doing some of that stuff now rather than saying, I'm going to just make up my bucket list and make that bucket list bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then, unfortunately, you get to a point in life where you go, I got this great bucket list, but I'm too damn tired to do any of this stuff. Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, again, health concerns. Right. When you're 70 or 80, you're not doing what you would, what you were able to do when you were 50 or 40. And certainly not what you were able to do when you were 30. Right. So, you know, you want to do some of those hiking trips or whatever it might be. It's not the time to do it when you're 70. But, you know, and, and I know we're going a little bit long on this podcast today, but that's okay. We get to control the podcast we as long as we want, Mary. But, you know, they can shut us off. But right? I think a part of that, which we struggle with as parents, as grandparents, especially as parents, is internally we, find, we, we blame ourselves in many cases for it, for the way our children are choosing to live their life a little bit differently than ours because we've been so supportive financially <laughs> yes. in what they're able to, in, in the lifestyle that they're able to see. Yes. And, and you know, I, I feel the same way. My son is employed. He is independent. He doesn't ask us for anything. But sometimes in the back of my mind, I think, you know, if he really wanted to stop working or, or do something more radical, he knows we're there to support him. And he knows we always have been along the way. So, you know, that's, I, he lived a very good lifestyle growing up, too, as an only child. You've got five. They still lived great lifestyles. They, they have. I mean, my kids you know, have been introduced. They've traveled a lot. Right. They've been to very nice restaurants. They've yes. traveled. They've, been, they've ex yes. been exposed to a lot of nice things. Yes. Um, they live in a nice house. They've been provided a car as they got older. Yeah. And, and, they, and they know that there is a safety net that's for exactly them. That's exactly right. And for many of us, our children know that there's this safety net, so they say, why not take some risks? Yeah. You know, growing up, I don't know about you, Marion, you know, I didn't have that, I mean, I knew my parents would be there to support me, but the kind of safety net that my kids have is a different kind of safety net than yeah. what, when, what I had when I was growing up. Same with me. I mean, my parents didn't have a lot of money. They couldn't, they certainly couldn't support outside experiences. They'd give me a, a house to live in, you know, a roof over my head and food. But that would be about it. So if, if you're someone that's in their 20s or their 30s or, or at a period in their time when they say, you know what, maybe I could take a risk. Maybe I can quit my job. Maybe I can do something that I want to do and explore it and test it. At you and me growing up, we wouldn't be willing to take that risk because it was too scary. That's right. But today, a lot of the folks, a, a lot of the, young, the younger generations here 
are willing to take that risk. They've grown up in a different lifestyle. They've had the support right along. Um, and I don't think either one of us were helicopter parents, but you know we've always supported the children in what they wanted to do. And so they did have that a much better safety net than we ever did. Like, like I said, you know, when I, when I think about Jerry and I think about others that do this, sure. there's, there's a part of me that's very jealous. Yeah, me too. That wishes that I had that opportunity when I was their age. Yeah. I, I really didn't, or I don't know that I'd have the support yeah. to do it. Right. Um, but, but there's also the element that says, you know, hey, there's some practicality that has to come <laughs> into this. And there's an element of responsibility because you know what's coming. Eventually, you know, he will, you, again, he's, he's young. It hasn't been that long that he's been doing this. So we'll see how long it lasts. But, you know, eventually there will have to be a day of reckoning. It, well, I don't know if it's a, whether it's a day of reckoning or it's a day of saying, you know what, I want to have a relationship with somebody and I need to be yeah. responsible to more than just me. Sure. Um, and I'm not picking on him. I'm just saying no, in no, general, no. that's the way it was. When I was his age, I wasn't thinking about my future. I was thinking about enjoying every moment that I had traveling all around the world with this music organization. Sure. And I wasn't thinking about retiring. Are you kidding me? I know. Um, and saving money for the future. It was, did I even have enough money to pay for the day's groceries or the day's <laughs> things that I wanted to do? Of course, of course. But life's changed and we as, we as parents, we as adults, we as mature individuals, as parents and grandparents who are supporting ourselves and others, we need to recognize that the paradigm has shifted a little bit and there's a balance that we continue to have a conversation around of keeping one foot in the present, one foot in the future, and finding what's right and embracing all of the different strategies that are out there. Very true. And we can all learn something from that. We sure can. So if now yeah. is the time for you to get serious about your financial planning and investment management needs, I hope you'll give us a call. We are serious about trying to understand the big picture of your financial life. It's not just about the investments, folks. It's about everything that you have in your life. What are the success points? What are the challenges? What are the opportunities? What, what, are, the threats? what are the threats that are there too? And we have to be there to support you and make sure that you are on a path that you can track, that you can take a look back and say, here's where I was, here's where I am, here is where I am and here's where I'm going, to say, am I still on that track? Knowing full well, things will change along the way we have the capabilities, we have the resources, we have the experience and wisdom to get you where you need to be. If now's the time to get serious, give us a call. 978-531-8108. That's 978-531-8108. Or visit us on the internet, that internet, that worldwide web thing that seems to have that, all this information. That wasn't available, wasn't available when we were kids. It certainly <laughs> wasn't. We're at FriedmanFinancial.com. That's Friedman. Two E's and a D. Financial.com. You can find out all the information about our firm, who we serve, how we work. Uh, we are very transparent in that website. Go check it out. Or if you'd like our free weekly newsletter, go to the bottom of any page, put in your name, your email address, and you will start getting our free weekly newsletter every Friday at 1030. That's going to do it for us today. I know we went a little bit long, but I hope you enjoyed our story. We'll, we will be back again next week with more Dollars and Cents. Have a great day, everybody. See you later. Thank you.